Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Ken to our radio broadcast this morning. Ken is on our long-term residential program, and we want to thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. When we asked you uh, prior to uh, starting the recording here, uh, you told us you've been on the program about six months. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. As you were telling us a little bit about your story, what circumstances have brought you here, which we want you to share, uh, kept thinking of the verse of Scripture that I think it's in Romans. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation mm-hmm. to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, condemnation certainly seemed like a theme uh, of your life in, in the days uh, gone by there. So why don't you just share uh, very freely here about your uh, your past uh, experiences, some of the things that led you to ultimately come into the haven of rest. Well, first and foremost, I grew up with a great family. I can't, I got great parents. I got two older sisters. Come from a very loving and supportive family. I grew up going to church. I grew up going to youth group. I grew up with uh, family meetings of Bible studies and just reading the Word and just uh, talking about our lives and how we're doing and everything like that. I uh, After high school, I went and played college football, um, and that's where I started building up a self-idol of myself. Um, I shot steroids. Uh, chased an impure life of uh, self-desires, and uh, it it was baggage that I carried into a relationship whenever I tried to settle down at 23, 24, when I met a girl that I uh, fell in love with, and she fell in love with me, and um, it was just, it was secrets and lies and guilt and shame that I carried into a relationship that as it says in the Bible, them things one day you're proud of, but now that I am ashamed of those things. And I truly understand what it means to chase some self-desires that eventually, no matter how or which way you head, you will end up facing death. And I experienced that myself. I uh, began our relationship, and as the secrets and the lies and stuff started surfacing, the guilt and shame started dwelling within me and it started ruining all my happiness and it it made me feel truly unworthy it, it truly made me feel like a person that i wasn't and i had trouble facing the fact that i didn't know which way to face or who i was anymore in my life and i took on a job that i started working 90 plus hours a week and it caused the distance between me and the girls in a relationship with, and I I uh, lived a life around people with bad morals, and it started ruining my good character, as it says in the Bible as well. And as I began to follow in these men's footsteps, I started drinking, and that's where I became an alcoholic. I started drinking every day. To the point where I had to come home with a buzz. I had to come home being drunk. And just because that guilt that dwelled within me, I was trying to hide and keep a secret and didn't want to surface. Well, you know, Ken, as you share a little bit about this, one of the themes that, as Kurt, we were talking before the program, you were dealing with a lot of guilt. You were not happy with your life. Mm -hmm. And because of the unhappiness, it took you to a place where you never want to go again. Why don't you share a little bit about that? My parents installed a very good character in me. 
that's that I end up ruining myself. I I chased I chased all the wrong things in life. Um, and as I became distanced from them, I also became distanced from my friends and the 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 men in my life that you know truly cared about me and the things that I would be doing and stuff like that. So I started to distance myself from my family. I also started distancing myself from all my friends and family. And last January, I actually sat in a service because my sister had known that I needed Christ in my life and knew that I was living in a very dark mindset. She took me to a church service on January 2nd. And on the third week of January, I sat in the service, looked around, and I seen all these people in relationships and stuff. And it just was overwhelming. And I ran out of service. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with this life that I can't control. I'm done with even trying to face the fact that I need God in my life and I'm done with having faith. I'm done. I'm done with myself and I know God would be done with me as I thought. I thought that there would be no way I would ever be accepted into heaven. I thought there would be no way I would be accepted for my unworthiness and just the sins that I've committed and the life that I lived. I thought there was no way that I would ever stand in front of Jesus Christ and he would accept me into heaven. And that guilt that was so deep in my heart ruined me. And when I came to a point after that, I lived four or five months in the darkest mindset of my life where I was sick mentally, I was sick physically, I was sick spiritually. I uh, was brought to the point where I was drinking and driving and living recklessly um, where I would black out and I just know that God was protecting me during that time but I was trying to drown drown myself I I, I had a plan to uh, commit suicide and it led to me one day having a plan of sitting on the side of a riverbank sitting in a kayak and my plan was to float the river and take my life and then my body fall over and float down the river and just things would go away and I thought my family would forget about me. I thought my friends would eventually forget about me, but that's just the mindset that I was in. And that was the devil winning and telling me, this is who you are and this is what you're going to do because you can't face this. And on that very day, I didn't leave no notes. I didn't tell nobody what I was about to do, but my mother had uh, woken up that day and just had a gut feeling. And she had called my cousin, and me and my cousin are very close. We're one year apart. We were born and raised together. We are best friends since day one. She called him and said, we need to find Kenny. And he began to look for me, and I was out of town and didn't tell no one where I was. And I was a three-quarter mile down a dirt road with my truck hidden, sitting on the right side of a riverbank. And right before I floated down the river, I sat there and was crying. And then all of a sudden I turned back and I see my cousin Mitch coming in his truck. He, he ran up to me, stood up, we cried, we hugged. And he says, Kenny, you know, you're the strongest person I know, but you're never, ever too strong to go accept help. He was in the military and he lost a couple friends due to suicide. And that was the day that I know God planted a seed in my heart. And it began to grow, but I still... I still wasn't at the end of myself, and I know that 
I know what had happened and I know it was God that spared me more time, but I still wasn't at the end. And some things turned around in my life for good. I landed a job. I landed a high school coaching football job and I had started working things out with my past relationship and things were looking good. But then within a couple weeks, the guilt and the shame started surfacing again, just started bubbling at the surface. And I was so weak at that time that I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And I went right back to where I was mentally. I, I started drinking and I began to physically try to ruin myself. Um, and it, it took over faster than what I could stop it. And before I know it, I was thinking about suicide again. And I coached for five weeks in high school football. And on week five, I uh, quit football. I quit my job. I lost my relationship once again because I could. I just was living the wrong life. And and I sat there and I cried, listened to the football game on the radio. And I knew at that point in my life that I was not raised this way. I was not raised to be this man. I had a sense of direction. My parents installed a good character in me, and I just needed to find it, and I knew exactly where to go to find it. I knew I needed Christ in my life at that point. I was being filled by things that I was trying to fill my heart with that led me to be empty every single day of my life. And I knew at that point I needed Christ. And the next morning, I woke up, went to my pastor, sharp 7 a.m., and I said, I need help. I need help right now. I need to go somewhere where I can be saved today. I was scared for another day in my life because of the way I was thinking and the things that I knew that I would end up losing control of again. And I just knew that I needed to go somewhere that day. And I had told my pastor, I said, I need to go somewhere that's free. My family don't have enough money to send me anywhere or I don't have no money myself for that. And he's like, well, you know, I got the perfect place for you. And I, I think, and maybe we should check out the Haven Arrest. And he gave me a little bit of information on it. And he told me it was a nine-month program. And right when he said nine months, I kind of looked at him like, oh, man, nine months. Uh, can it be a month? Or and I, At that point, I said, no. I'm done living this life. I do not want to live another day in this life of the way that I think and the emptiness that I feel and to have no hope and no peace in my life and feel no love and feel no joy. And so we looked into the Haven Arrest and he made a phone call to the Haven Arrest and there was one bed available for me to join a program and I came up there that day. Well, I, what a story. And it's not done yet, but what a story. I, one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about this was that um, if this was a movie, uh, there would be a couple people that have best supporting roles in it. Uh, mm -hmm. Mitch is one, mm -hmm. and your pastor would be the other one. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if um, people realize sometimes, a lot of people tell us about how they come to the Haven of Rest. You're no different here today in that. But I wonder if people realize, um, people that are involved in getting people to come to the haven of rest or just to stop them in their tracks and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, have you considered this or that? You got Mitch here that was driving uh, alongside that, that river area mm -hmm. and intervened mm -hmm. for you. You got your pastor 
who knew quite a bit about the Haven Arrest because yes. he knew that they had, you know, two programs, the, at the one at the day room and the residential program, mm-hmm. and was going to call down there. The, the importance of people knowing about the Haven Arrest, one of the reasons we do the broadcast, mm-hmm. is they know there's a there's a resource point. So anyway, just the, just the thought jumped out at me. I says, boy, that they're just as important along the journey as mm-hmm. as as what God is beginning to do with you at this time. So mm-hmm. you come on to the to the program. I think you said that you talked to Jason first yes. off. Yes, sir. Okay, so t- pick it up from that point. On September twentieth, I came to the program with uh, two pair of gym shorts, two t-shirts, and uh, he brought me into the prayer chapel and said, "Kenny, you know, tell me, tell me why you're here." And I began to tell him the story I just shared, and uh, I told him I was at the end of myself, and I said, "I'm empty inside. I have no hope in my life right now, and I know that I need forgiven of the things that I have done in my past, and." And I'm broken. I'm broken up so badly right now that I couldn't even comprehend how to put myself together. And I'm 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 on my knees begging for help. And he he uh, he accepted me into the program. And that day forever changed my life. And I know that I've only been here six months, but the things that I have learned and the things that I've been taught by not only Jason, but also Jesse, and all the other resident man that I just heard stories from as soon as I joined a program about his healing power. That was the first thing I experienced about Jesus was people come here so broken and brittle. And since day one, when you check in and you accept Christ, he begins the process of putting you piece by piece by piece back together. And I witnessed that. I witnessed that in other men that would come here sick, lost, broken. And I witnessed it in myself in October. I know that was the day that I accepted Christ into my life and was reborn again because I felt the release of the guilt and the shame that I carried around for so long that just held me captive of the life that God had for me. And I know that I began to pray and began to seek what Jesus Christ did for me when God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to walk this earth and to be crucified, to take on all the burdens that I had made and all the sins that I had carried out in my life, he did all that for me to set at the cross, to take from me, to be reborn again. And when I made that choice and decision to accept him into my life, I felt the release of that baggage that I've carried around for so long. And I put one piece at a time at the cross. And I know that it was the best decision I had ever made. Well, you know, Ken, praise the Lord for that because, you know, when we look at the history of where you were at and what God has done in your life in six months here, mm-hmm. as you, you say, you felt the weights and the baggage just coming off of you. You felt this freedom mm-hmm. uh, in saying all that. Uh, Ken, I know you're going to be here for more time here. Mm-hmm. But before we wrap things up, Kurt, because there's a lot to this story here that we didn't really get a chance to talk about. But, Ken— how can our listening audience pray for you uh, right now where you're at as, as we move forward with you? Well, I would ask for prayer for continuing my strength. Continue to pray for me to develop roots that God wants me to have to be so deep in the soil that when the wind blows, no matter how strong it is, no matter what temptation I face, no matter what tribulation that I face, that it won't be strong enough to knock me over and take me back in the mindset that I was once before. And then, and to pray to continue to grow and mature 
and to continue to build relationships with godly people. And I would also ask that everyone prays for me to share the light that I, that I have in my soul right now that I know that will make an impact on everyone who sees it. All right. Well, thank you, Ken, for uh, coming in today to, uh, to share your story at least part of it. We know there's more more there if we had more time. But also thank you, listening audience, to, to take him up on his offer to be praying for him and uh, be interesting to see uh, what happens in the days ahead. So thanks again, Ken. Thank you.